Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. We're talking about something called rejuvenating the wow factor, or getting back the wow factor, or or not losing the wow factor. And I believe that's so important to understand because I just remember starting this early on in my faith. Anyway, by the way, how many of you guys have been water baptized? Do you remember that day you got water baptized? I did too. (laughs) And mine was a while ago, but I remember everything about it. And I remember how exciting it was. I I remember how I felt. I remember the whole process, everything about it. I can see it to this day. I, the people doing it, it was, it was so precious. Now, I didn't get, you know, water baptized outside in a, you know, a big old pool thing. Uh, before, we used to use a cow trough, and that would have been special. To get water baptized in a cow trough, you'd never forget that. Um, but anyway, I've, I've seen and done water baptisms all over the place. But the, the thing is, is it was something very special and it, and it did impact me in a great way. So I'm looking forward to all of you that are getting water baptized. It, it, it's a cool thing. And I'm excited for not only what you're doing, but I'm excited for what happens here. It's, it is something special. So good job for y'all. Good job for every one of you. Now, the wow factor is important because I remember starting off this, this faith walk um, going to church, never been to church before, going through this whole process of the new Jesus thing. And in that, I just remember what my heart was and how I felt in this beginning of this new journey of my life. And everything was wow, everything. It was like everything was wow, this is awesome, this is cool. And, and in that, I went through this beginning of this walk just so pumped and excited. And I remember one day where I'm with the guys I'm hanging out with, and they've been at church, you know, for, for a few years. And I, I remember looking at them and thinking, I don't think they're as excited as, as I am, you know? And so there was the guys I hang with, the, the guy that brought me to Jesus and the, all the other guys we hung out with, you know, that, that group, that click group we had, which they weren't clicky, but we had this group and, you know, we go to movies, we play sports and all that kind of stuff together. And I remember uh, a couple other guys being a part of that. And I remember talking about how, how awesome this is. And I remember there was a, um, a, a, a announcement for something that was going to happen uh, the next month, a Bible study or whatever. And I went, all right, isn't that awesome? And that guy goes, calm down. And I went, why? He goes, you're new, aren't you? And I go, yeah, I'm I'm new in this. This is great. He goes, don't worry, you'll calm down later. And and do you, do you want to know how my heart felt and what I felt like when I heard that? It wasn't like, okay, there's a mature Christian talking. In my spirit, it was like water thrown on fire. I just felt quenched. And I felt like, wow. And I started thinking about that. Am I supposed to tone this down? Am I so, supposed to lose that wow factor? And then I, I just, it was something where I, inside, I thought, that can't be right. That can't be right. 
And I remember talking to my friend and saying, are we supposed to not be excited about this? He goes, nah, it's not about that. He, I don't, and he was very good with the guy as far as what he said. Now, later on, I found that guy was an idiot, but let's see. I mean, my friend was really nice. He said, no, it's about life, and life can go up and down, and sometimes you're not excited as you were, but that doesn't mean you stay there. And he goes, sometimes stay the, people stay there a long time. And I thought, man, that's sad. But then I realized, you know what, that is life. Because I remember times I was excited about things. I had the wow factor, you know, and, and there, it, it, this is about life. This is, I'm not just talking about the Christian faith. I'm talking about life. You know, a lot of you, you know, some of you have been married for a while. You know, it's not the wow factor is the first year. Uh, we're quiet today. You just proved my point. But do you hear what I'm saying? There's, and and I'm, I'm not saying you got to be, you know, as giddy as the first day of marriage. But what I'm saying is, is, is it should still have a wow factor in it. It should still. If you have kids, I remember the wow factor of my boys being born. It, it, it's like, wow. But then after a while, it's like, what? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but but it isn't it isn't something where I look at them ever. I don't ever look at my boys and not have a wow factor. I have it's something in me that just like, man, how awesome this is. And even when they're being goofy or not using intelligence correctly, and I might not be happy at the moment, I never lose my my connection to that excitement they give me. And my wife as well. The relationships that are important to you, they shouldn't be lost in the, the schemes of life. But what happens is things have the tendency to do that. You can be at a job where it was wow for a while, and now it's like, you know, it ain't as wow as it used to be. And things become monotonous. Things become robotic in life. And I want to explain something to you and help you understand that that is not something we should allow ourselves to become. That's not maturity. That's not something to look at yourself as this is a good place to be. Because the wow factor is tempered by your attitude, your process of your heart, how you're thinking. That's how it's connected. It's not connected to I'm maturing past this type of emotion or experience. It's because of you are losing it. And I want to rejuvenate in people because I know everybody in here that has been the church for a period of time. I remember when you first came and there was wow going on. You heard the word wow going on. But then the process of time goes, wow isn't like it used to be. Now, you might be thinking, well, you become wiser. I became, I, I started to see things. No, you open the door to the enemy. You open the door to your emotions. You open the door to the world. You open the door to the things in your life or, or things in your life and the things that you've had affect you have softened the wow. I know, I know marriages that have been hurt or broken or, or trust broken and people come to church and they start losing wow. Well, how come? Because they were hurt in something else. And that creates an ability to not have your wow working. So I want us to start having wow back and getting wow, wow, wubsy going. Amen. You missed the wow, wow, wubsy part. 
Anybody know what Wawa Wubsy is? Okay, three people. All right. It's a cartoon. Anyway, so to rejuvenate means to give new energy, to revitalize, to make young or youthful again. How many want that in their life? Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm telling you, once you get wow going on, your body is going to totally start transforming. You think I'm wrong in this? I got scientific fact on this. Medical science backs this. This wow is a, is a place of excitement. Everybody say excitement. And I'm telling you right now, biblically and through the natural truths of life, excitement brings healing and wholeness in your life. So you want to bring that Christian, you know, I'm a mature one now. I don't get excited. You, you know what? I'm, I, I'm telling you, I'm going to prove it. But it's hurting you physically and mentally. You're not that, you're not a mature Christian. You're a hurt one, but not a mature one. So I want, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying every Sunday you're hopping and skipping. <laughs> I'm not saying that, all right? I don't even do that. But I turn on and engage in the importance of being excited about church every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time we meet, every event we have, I have a wow factor that I turn on in here because I have an expectation. It goes beyond me. When you come here and you're not that way, I'm going to tell you what, you are selfish, you're not, you're not concerned about the person next to you that might even thinking of not living anymore. But see, you, 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 it, it's so important that you stay the same way. You lose sight of what life is about. Remember what Jesus said, whatever his word said. He goes, I'll show you my disciples. I'll show you those who love me. I'll show you those who love God. It's those that not only love him, but love the brethren. That's in 1 John. Love is a key. Love is important. And then you can go into Corinthians and find out what it's all about. And when you do read it, I guarantee you, you're going to feel guilty on some of the areas. What does that mean? We quit? And, no, it means, all right, I've got to learn to grow in these areas. Amen? So we're going to rejuvenate. Wow. Amen? You all with me? Now, in the area of uh, wow, it expresses strong feeling. Now, the Greek language excitement is tied to wow. We're just using wow because usually when something excites you, you're like going, wow, 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 right? You know, so that's what we're looking and we're going to focus in on. Now, the benefits of feeling excitement or joy, it promotes a healthier lifestyle it boosts the immune system, it fights stress and pain, it improves heart health, it reduces pain, and increases life longevity. You want to live longer healthy? Get excited. Let's turn the wow on. Turn your neighbor and say, go wow. All right, there we go. Let me show you what the opposite of wow or excitement is, what it produces. Stress, anxiety, fear, midlife crisis. These all affect the mind and body and it shortens the lifespan 10 fewer years. Wow. 
And that's not exciting wow, that's wow, information wow, all right? We're not excited about that, okay? But the thing is, is I, I, you know, I've gone over these statistics so many times as far as the, the opposite of excitement and uh, a life that's just not, you're not thrilled anymore. You're just you, you know? You're just, you know, it is what it is. And you don't want to be there. You don't want to lose that Christmas Day excitement. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You don't want to lose it. You don't want to lose the, the looking forward to stuff. I remember just a few years ago, God, I would dread and, and literally get in this mindset of, of anxiety. Not anxiety in, a, in the way that I'm, I'm talking about, but the, just summer coming. It was like, oh, my gosh. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to go through it. And you have to. You have to deal with this. And so I started realizing, you know, I put a lot of conversation about summer, all the negative. And I, and I make sure I talk about it every day, negative. And I realized this is really hurting me. So I've tempered that and almost eliminated, you know, I'll say, man, it's a hot one today, but I'm not like I used to be about summer. Now I focus in on, well, it's six more months to Christmas. <laughs> it's getting closer. But the point is, is, is I, I recognize that if I continue this way, man, well, I would like to say three months, but five months of the year, summer, I'd be miserable. It's almost half a year. I'm going to be, you know, just uh. so turn it around. Let's focus in on the awesomeness of life, right? And, and experience it in a, in a way we need to be, okay? And let's start looking for the wow factor in our lives. There's a whole lot around you that, that you can be just grateful for and put some wow going on, amen? Amen. Romans 15, 13, this is gonna give you some wow. It's gonna be exciting. Now may the God of hope, the who? God of hope. I, I love that because what the Bible's sharing with us is something we need to focus in on. And it literally titles God, the God of hope. The God of what? The God of hope. Now, LP says the same. It's a Greek word that we've read many, many times in the Bible, which means it's a confident expectation. The God of confident expectation. Yeah. Say that. Say it again. See, when you understand this and you get that, this is what happened to me. The, the moment I got this revelation or I understood this, it changed my view of how God's view is to me. Because if he's the God of confident expectation, that means when he looks down at me, when he sees me, he's going to be the God of confident expectation in my failures, in my setbacks, in my issues I'm dealing with, in my sadness, whatever I'm at, in a happiness and wow, whatever. He's the God of confident expectation. Now let's go on. Now may the God of confident expectation fill you with all joy. May he what? Fill you with all joy. Say all joy. That's kara. That means gladness, excitement. 
It's from the Greek word Cairo, which means to rejoice. So it says, may the God of confident expectation fill you with wow. See, I can get up in the morning. It can be all messed up. But when I look to Jesus, wow. There is nothing I can't wow about every day. Now, if I look around, I can see a lot of heartache and pain. I can see problems. I can see weeds. I can see negative. I can see negative. I can see negative. I can see negative in the car. I can see, you can see negative. But I'll tell you, when you turn your eyes on Jesus, when you look to God, there's a wow going on. Because I know him. I know him. And it says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Same, same word connected to shalom. Prosperity, nothing missing, nothing broken. Wholeness. That's an awesome word. He's going to fill you with excitement and gladness and wholeness, finished work, nothing broken. In believing, everybody say in believing. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say in believing. See, this is the key. It's not here. It's it's coming, but you got to believe. If you don't believe, you don't experience. If you don't believe, you won't experience. Remember, James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And he'll give it to you as long as you what? Believe and not doubt. He says, if you doubt, this is, listen, people, listen. Don't mistranslate scripture. He didn't say, if you doubt, I won't give you wisdom. Did it? But we read into it that way. No, it says, if you doubt, you're like a ship on an ocean with massive waves. And you're being tossed all over the place. So what's he saying? He's saying, The wisdom will come, but if you doubt, the doubt will be louder than the wisdom. It'll silence wisdom. And there'll be many times, we've all been there where you're trying to get wisdom, you're in the, whatever the situation is, you're going, God, I need wisdom. But so much doubt is operating, so much negative, sometimes you can't hear them. A lot of times I'll drop what I'm doing. I'll, I'll get away from the situation and walk away and spend, just get away. And it's, it, sometimes it's quick. Sometimes it takes a little time, maybe overnight. But all of a sudden, I'll get the answer and I'll come right back to it. But if I stick there and try to, you know, man it out and pray, I, I'll end up screwing it up more, mess it up more and have to do twice the amount of work, whatever. It's when I chill. It's when I sit back and go, OK, I, I need to calm myself and let God give me that information. Because you know what I know? He will every time, every Every time I'll get God's wisdom. I can get in an argument. I can have a fight, you know, with a, a conversation with my wife. That's more than a normal one. And through the process, you can get hurt feelings. You can have an your attitude needs adjustment, whatever. But I tell you what, it, it's it's 100 percent of the time. If there's something that I'm wrong in or something that I'm connected or she's all wrong, but I still did something wrong. That's normal. But the point is, is ultimately, 
God will speak to me. And then I'll have to share with her what I know, what I know in here, you know? So I'll have to, you know, repent for that one thing while she repents for the 10. It's all good. It's all good. Who's counting? But the thing is, is I know, I know that I know. No matter what I'm dealing with, I personally have this connection with my father, which you can as well, and probably many of you do, is, is he'll give you wisdom in every area and situation of life. And I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. So that's a good thing to know that, amen? So he says that you, by believing, you may abound in hope. The, the same word. That in believing God is who he says he is, you're going to abound in what? Confident expectation. Is that awesome? You're going to abound in confident expectation by the power of the Holy Spirit. So he's saying this. Remember what Jesus said. Don't, don't consider yourself. Don't worry about me going. I'm going to send the comforter. He's going to be with you. He'll never leave you, nor forsake you. He's going to be there. And y'all know, the Holy Spirit's God. Jesus is God. God is God. They all three are God. So to say the Holy Spirit lives me, Jesus lives me, God lives me, yes, you're correct. But what I'm saying is when it comes to this position of being a follower of Jesus, God's in you. And he's going to help you in times of need, times of trouble, whatever the situation is. That's what helps you never lose. Wow. Wow, God, you're so good. Wow. But you all know you can get negative and, and you get hanging around the wrong people and you get in bad atmospheres. It, it gets dirty and it gets ugly, doesn't it? You know, like going, ah, man, what happened? And I've seen so many believers, Christians, get in that position where they can't turn it around because they get guilt and condemnation. They think, it's, they think like they can't be forgiven or they can't, you know, people are going to look at them wrong or different or whatever. Who cares what people think? Who cares? And those aren't the people you want to be around with anyway. I remember when I got off, when I got away from the Lord early on in my walk, it wasn't a choice. It was something that I was immature and I didn't know how to come back from. I was stuck. I was scared. I was condemned. I was guilty. And I'm telling you, the enemy had a hold of me for, for almost three months. It was, a, it was a bad place. Especially when my whole apartment complex, pretty much most of my led to Jesus. And now I'm going to church now and I'm not showing up anymore. I got all these stinking new Christians banging on my door. What are you doing? Where are you? And here I am. I was leading them all to Jesus. And I got, I got my mom doing the same thing. I got everybody that I led to Jesus are going, what's, what's wrong with you? I remember I had to sneak out to go do the nasty I was doing. I had to sneak out. Sometimes I'd go through the window, not the door, because the door was in front of two of them that I led to two families. So I went through a window. Oh, it was a bad, bad time of my life. But ultimately, it was a, it's an awesome story. I'm not going to do it today, but I, I get back. I get back, and I'm, 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 I'm so connected. And from that point, I instantly felt like 
Yeah, but if you go to church, everybody's going to, they're going to talk about you. Everybody's going to talk about you. Everybody's going to say, and, and again, that's the enemy. Because every single person didn't want to do anything but hug me and, and, and rejoice with me. But my whole mindset was, is they're not going to like me. And, and look what I did. And I, I, I let everybody down. And that's how I felt. So I understand when something happens, when you get out there and you blow it or whatever the case may be, I understand. But I want you to understand that's Satan. That's not God. That has nothing to do with God. Nothing. No condemnation, no guilt. He's not coming at you with, I told you so. Nothing like that. He's got his arms stretched out saying, come on, come on home. I'll be throwing a party. If I know you're walking toward me, I'm going to get the party started. That's the God I serve. And that's the God in scripture. It's a God you need to know. Amen. It's a good thing. Jesus is awesome. So let's get our wow started. Get focused back on Jesus. Amen. Matthew 15, 34. I'm going to talk about how we can get this back, how to get it going again. Amen. Matthew 13, 54, coming to his hometown, Jesus, he began to teaching the people in their synagogue at church. And they were amazed. Everybody say they were amazed. They were what? Amazed. That means they were stricken with amazement. They're like, what? What is this? What, what is this? There's two actions of amazement. There's the amazement of, what? How can, how can this happen? How can this? And there's the wow. Amazement. Wow. I've seen people amazed at someone getting healed and it was an amazement of doubt and unbelief. Oh, I don't know how they, come on. How, are they really, how'd that happen? I don't know about that. And then the other side is, wow, they got healed. Wow. So there's two sides of this, and we're going to look at the negative side of this, this scripture. And the, he began teaching the people in their church, and they were amazed and they said this, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked? Where did this guy get this wisdom and miraculous power? So, see, it's already spread in his hometown, Jesus healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Jesus healing all. So they're like going, we've heard We've heard about these stories. And then Jesus shows up. They hear him and they're going, dude's got wisdom. He knows what he's talking about. And then they're thinking about all the stories they heard. So think about it. Close friend of yours, all right? You grow up with. And all of a sudden you don't see him for a while. And you start hearing stories about him. And you grew up with him, so you're familiar with this guy. And then he comes back, and you're like going, wow, it's the same guy. Same guy. I mean, we're, we're, we're in a position where he's, he's part of this community. 
And so they have these different things coming at them. And so it says, how can this happen? How can this be? Isn't this, and this is what we, what we do the same thing. Isn't this the carpenter's boy? I mean, I remember him. I mean, we call our table is broken. We call Joseph. Jesus came along with him and, and fixed the, t- the table. Still good. As a matter of fact, it's better than what it used to be. I mean, he, they make great stuff. And I, listen, I'll show you. I'll show you some shelves they made and, and, and a cabinet. And so he got around. He was around the city where he grew up. And he helped. He was a carpenter. Are you guys getting this? And so they're going, isn't that him? That, that, that's the same guy. Come on, man. And yeah, he went to a little Bible college, I guess. But come on. I mean, come on, we, that just doesn't make sense. We went to Nazareth High with you, bro. We were there. We went to the same schools. Process this. I've had this happen starting this church. I mean, God brought me back to this, this body over here. It wasn't my choice. But I tell you what, my, my choice was no way I'm coming back here. It shows how much weight I carry with God, huh? And I have high school, I've had many high school people come to, uh, you know, that went to high school with me or know me, come to our church. And they don't stick very long because they still see me in high school. And, and they're, even though, and I've heard them, I, so many, so many, the wisdom of how you teach the word, I've never heard it before. And I'm like, dude, then why are you gone? I mean, I've, it's amazing. I've helped so many of those people in their relationships and marriages, and they still can't handle the familiarity. It's amazing. It's totally crazy. So I don't have anybody in here now that's, you know, went to the high school with me. But through the years, I've had, I, I have had them. It's just, it's just interesting to see this in a Bible perspective in the natural process of life. And I'm sure many of you can attest to the same type of thing. But he goes on to say, isn't his mother's name Mary? Aren't his brothers here? James, Joseph, Simon, Judas. I mean, they, they still live here. Now, remember, these guys are not little Jesuses. They don't believe in Jesus. They're not, they're not standing around going, oh yeah, my, my brother, my, my brother's the Messiah. Yeah, yeah. He's God in the flesh, by the way. They didn't believe that. And then it says, and, and his sisters are here. How many sisters? They couldn't even name them. So I don't know if Mary had like 30 kids. Who knows? Good Catholic woman. I don't know. The point is, 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 is this is a big family. And I know a, 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 some of you, especially in our church, you know, you were brought up with a Catholic mindset. Think, you know, Mary didn't have any other kids. Well, you don't know the Bible. You know, Catholic stuff, but not Bible. And the Bible's very clear. So she had other kids, many other kids. But the thing is, is Jesus only had one dad. It was God. They had Joseph as their dad. But notice how they communicate. 
they communicate Joseph's son. Not son of God, Joseph's son. So see, even in their natural intellect, in their understanding, or even their spiritual perception, they don't connect him with God at all. They connect him with, we know him. Come on now. I'm talking about how do we bring back the wow factor. And this is the point number one of what causes us to lose it. And that is familiarity. You can, listen, you already know we talk about Sunday morning for what day? Monday. That means this is about life, right? So that means everything I'm teaching on, you can fill the gap in your life. It's tied to that. We can do it in relationships. We can do it in marriages. We can do it everywhere to where we become familiar with something, right? And that familiarity breeds contempt. Isn't that what the scripture says? Huh? No, it doesn't. That's not a scripture, by the way. But it does. <laughs> Those are one of those the ones that got you ones, huh? It doesn't, it's not in the Bible, but it is in concept, it is, amen, in concept. And I, for years, I thought that was in the Bible, like God, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. How many, how many believe that was in scripture once? Y'all not even answering now because you might me to look like a fool. You believe that? How dumb, how dumb. No, I thought it was, there was all kinds of things I thought were there. I thought the three kings were in there. Uh, I'm going to hurt someone's feeling. No, they're not in there. So we, we have all these different scriptural beliefs that we think are scriptures, but they're not. Now, some, again, carry uh, uh, analogies of truth, pictures of truth, like, you know, familiarity breeds contempt. That, that's scripturally right, but it's not the scripture, right? So here we see them getting all connected to the natural Jesus, but not the God Jesus. And that's what we have to be cautious of and not allow familiarity to affect us in the way that it will affect us. And I'll show you some enemies of the wow factor in familiarity, okay? The first, again, familiarity, and then we'll get into other points, but let's look at um, familiarity where it happens. It continues on, and he says, he could not do mighty work there. He could not do any mighty work there. Because of what? Because familiarity takes you to the place of unbelief, a place where you're offended. They, they were offended at him, and he didn't do anything wrong to them. Are you guys hearing me? Listen carefully because I've seen this happen in many people's lives. They get offended or operate in offense when the person never did anything negative to them. But it created offenses in their mind because, again, familiarity will breed that. Ultimately, the enemy will use your mind as a playground when you become familiar and open the door to the negative position of being in that familiarity. In your marriage, you can be familiar. What happens? 
It, tell me it's a positive thing, people. Now, are there some positives of being familiar? Certainly. You get the right type of food you want. You know what the person likes. No, come on. I don't want you to get on a downer on familiarity. I don't want to be familiar with anyone no more. No, I, I, don't want to, I don't want you to go to extreme that way, but I want you to go to the place where we're talking about, and that's a negative aspect of it. Because there are benefits, amen? There's positives to it. Familiarity of your neighborhood. I don't have to look at a map every time I go home. I'm not familiar with this place anymore. Do you see what I'm saying? So we don't go to, we don't go to extreme, but we do look at the negative aspect of, you know, familiarity, Okay. Everybody good on that? Live stream, you good on that? Okay. So it says that he could not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Familiarity will drop your faith level. And we don't want our faith level ever to drop, but familiarity will. Familiarity will. I've seen families where you know, one of the parents will start getting, you know, whatever the case may be, get offended or something, and their kids be so excited and all right on and, and, and you know, connected. And all of a sudden, that parent starts poisoning their kids. Now, the kids have, they, nothing ever has happened to them in a negative way toward that per, from that person. But from the parent, and what they're doing is they start poisoning to where all of a sudden the kids start reflecting the ugly or the negative aspect of the parent's familiarity. That's a gross, gross thing. And as a pastor, I've seen it many times over the years, many, many times. You can't hide your face. You can't. Out of the heart, ultimately, you know, you can smile for a long you know, period of time, but ultimately your mind, you don't have that discipline of your mind like you think you do. And ultimately... Then I was listening to uh, uh, a couple weeks ago about uh, FBI, how they operate in uh, having a, a time with a criminal they believe is guilty of something and what they do. And, and ultimately, it's a biblical concept. Ultimately, they say the nature is going to give away. <laughs> they're hiding something. They're lying. Ultimately, through a process of time and just conversation, they don't have to do much but just talk and have conversation, and, and they're going to give away. So you, you might be good, but you're not that good. So the best thing is, is get rid of the entrapment of Satan in your life. Just get rid of it. It ain't going to help you. And, so, and by the way, in church, as, as your pastor, you ain't doing nothing to me. You, you put your frown on all you want. You, I ain't going home. Oh, my gosh, why are they frowning me? That's on you. Completely on you. I understand it works in your high school. I, no, I understand. I understand it works in your house through many people. I understand that. But you think you're going to come in here? I, I'm, this, I'm called, this is my life. Your frowns aren't going to turn my smile upside down. But I'm going to tell you right now, pure fact, it will never stop me from expecting good for your life. So you can go. That ain't going to do nothing. I ain't going to sit there and go, I don't like them anymore. I won't pray for them. You got the wrong pastor. So might as well smile at me because that manipulation ain't going to work. It just won't work. 
And it's, it, it's so important for you to understand that. Now, I guess, under, listen, I understand you can have a bad day and come to church and not be happy. And, and, and wow ain't nowhere to be found. You might have fought all the way to church. And wow's like going, that's the last thing I'm thinking about right now. I get that. And believe me, I'm not judging you. <laughs> Just because you're not smiling and I'm now talking about you. So on the other hand, don't think I'm talking about you now just because you're not smiling at me. I just, I really, I just this guilt and condemnation. I just want you understanding and operating a level of wisdom. We can win over every subject. Amen. Everything that's dealing with out there, we're going to win. We're going to win, church, right? All right, let's do this thing. So let me give you four familiarity truths. Four familiarity truths. Number one. Being accustomed to something or someone, you can lose appreciation. When you're familiar, you can lose appreciation. So that's why it's really good to, uh, especially in being married or, or family, kids, whatever, to not always just be engaged in normal, you know, the normal clicks of life where you're not even thinking or processing, but to sit back and think about, that's pretty awesome. They're doing awesome. They're doing a great job. Everybody likes to hear it. Everybody does. I mean, you might have made the greatest enchiladas last week, and all of a sudden, two weeks later, you made them again, and we say, that was our awesome. No, no wife, no mom, no dad's going to sit there and go, you said that last week. No, they're going to be going, all right, I got that. I got that. Want some more? <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? I mean, there's, it's good. It's good to be doing that with one another, building each other up, encouraging one another once in a while. Oh, you guys better check me. Check your pastor. I'm getting off. I got off the word. What does the Bible say? Love life. Are you at the wrong church? You guys know this. Encourage one another daily. Don't get offended. Don't get offended. Come on. How, how many times do we encourage everybody? Daily. You better encourage people every day. This is not adults only. Everybody. You better train your children right now. I don't care how old they are to encourage. The quicker, the better. I'm, if you don't, I'm going to tell you, they're going to be spoiled rotten. Mean kids. Encourage. Build up one another somehow, some way. I got two boys and two boys do not know. They never, ever had to be taught how to fight, <laughs> how to argue with one another. Never. I never sat down with Daniel and Maddie and say, oh, I never sat down with Daniel and said, Maddie's coming. And one day I'm going to have to teach you how to argue with him, how to be just aggravated with him. I'm going to teach you how to do it correctly. No. Do you see what I'm saying? In other words, they're brothers. But they love each other more than anything. And you see it in their daily lives. They just do things for each other. It's, it's very special. But again, they're not, it's not like they're lovey-dovey. Let's hold hands all day long. But the point is, is no matter what the relationship is, there should always be encouragement. Always. So we got to let's... Anybody else guilty besides me of not doing it daily? Yeah. Let's change it around, okay? The rest of you, I, I want to be like you one day. 
All right. Jeez. Listen, it, that familiarity, you, you lose respect. We don't want to lose respect. How come? Why don't we, we want to lose respect? Because respect in another connection is value. And, and we need to value one another, right? Isn't that right? So let's value one another. Let's connect with one another. Number two, familiarity, you start focusing more on the natural over the spiritual. When you're familiar, you lose sight of spiritual. Years and years ago, I got this revelation of, of, in Scripture about me as a pastor. And I've, I've said this many times in church over the years, is, is the, the key to success in here all the time. The key is this. The package of the present, the, the wrapping of the present, it doesn't matter. It's what's on the inside, right? If someone wrapped, wrapped your present in a Safeway bag, are you going to sit there and go, I don't want it? No, because you really don't care about the wrapping. Now, I understand, ladies and, and even men, there are some of you that, man, you go wrapping extreme to where it's like, am I supposed to tear it? What do I do with this thing? You know, uh, Pastor all loves to wrap good. I know Shantae likes to wrap good. And I'm sure some of you guys in here, it's like, it's like you put a weekend wrapping something. It's going to take like 10 seconds to rip that thing apart. With me, I'm like going, I don't care how it looks. I'm ripping that thing to pieces to get what's inside because I'm a man of wisdom. Amen. And if you're handing me a present, a gift, that, see, is it respectful? More respectful for me to sit it there and not open it? No. It's more respectful for me to rip that thing open and take that gift. Because that's where the joy is. Now, of course, some of you like want to hear, wow, that's pretty. And so I'll throw out, wow, that's pretty. But I want you to know my heart. It's one half a percent of how I'm feeling right now about that gift. Okay? Just to let you know, just being real. But I want you to understand that when you can come to church and see that, you got it. Because it ain't about if I'm dressing the way you want me to dress, I'm looking the way you want me to look, whatever the case may be. Receive the gift. Because God gave it to me for you. And I'm blessed because of it. Amen? Because I got a bunch of awesome people in here. Y'all are champions! All right. First Corinthians 2.14 uh, says this, but the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. The natural person, when you get connected to the natural, it's very difficult to receive spiritual information. You guys got that? Natural man, it's difficult to receive things of God, for they are foolish to him or her, neither can they know them because they're spiritually discerned. So when you get in the natural attitude, you get in that, 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 disconnect from the things you know you should be doing, you're going to be less connected to what God wants for your life. So we want to stay in that right connection, right? The third thing is familiarity produces idle talk, and idle talk plants seeds of familiarity. 
Listen, I've seen this. I've been a part of this in my own life. You start, you start getting familiar. The next step is you start speaking stuff. You just start, as seeds happen. And you start speaking stuff. And that idle talk, oh my gosh, the word of God talks so much. Actually, God says in his word, you'll be judged for idle words. That's something, huh? Now, in our position as being born-again believers in Christ, that's not, don't worry about judgment in the sense that you think judgment is. It's different between us and the non-believer. Completely different. 100% different. So anytime you see judgment, it's going to be connected to our operation on earth and the benefits of that or the negative effects of what we attain in heaven. That's all it's connected to. I mean, there's no one that gets to heaven that can stand before God and says, I'm all that, ain't I? I am awesome. Nobody, nobody gets up there except Jesus and stands perfect. So there's that place where God's going to hand out specific things to us, rewards for what we did on earth. But no one's going to get that. I didn't get as much as they did. It's, see, we're going to be totally different than that. We're going to be like building each other up. Man, awesome, awesome. And, you know, you get your little gold coin and everybody's going, yeah, awesome, awesome. And another guy gets a thousand of them. No one's going to sit there and go, well, I got one. No, that's what the Bible taught about those people. We don't do that. So, in other words, all I'm saying is, is, is when you get familiar, watch what comes out of your mouth. That's in marriage, job. Come on. It's Monday. Everybody got that? It's all everything in life. All right. Number four. Familiarity makes the wow to whatever. Wow. Yeah. The wow to whatever. You got that? Philippians 2.14. Do all things without complaining. Do what? <laughs> How many complain this week? The rest of you are going to hell. There's a liar, liar, pants on fire. Y'all claim. Everybody, everybody complain. Every one of you. Every, I, don't care who, I don't care if you just sit at home all day. You complained about something. Something you could, it, it, it could have been even you complained something, but you, everybody in here complained. Now, what did the scripture just teach us in Philippians 2, 14? Do all things. How many things? Now, listen, you know how in the language, the Greek word can change as translation. So I looked it up and it, and it really means all things. Everything. I thought, man, come on, there's going to be a, there's got to be an out. This, they got to screwed it up and said, you know, some things that bug you and some things you can complain about. No, it said all things. Do all things without complaining. Come on, man. That's a, like a love chapter now. What are you kidding me? I can't go out there and complain about nothing? What about that stinking slow driver in front of me? I know they're going 45 and a 45, but I want to go 50. Get out the way. Move it. And usually they don't have an Arizona license plate, so it makes it worse. Because now I have something else to complain about. Is that crazy? Oh, we can complain. I believe a lot of us are efficient at complaining. 
Yeah? We need to do what? What does the word say? Got change. <laughs> right? Change. I told you on my summer complaining, I was real up front with you. Come on. Right? So I just have to change. So I start seeing and start speaking, and you know, uh, uh, something will slip out. Stinking hot day, isn't it? But it doesn't change the heat. It's just the concept. Recognizing that it's better not to complain than complain because it ain't going to change. It got out there going, oh, I'm sorry. I turned it up a little hot. Let me turn it down for you, Daniel. You're my favorite. Yeah. So it says, do not do all things without complaining. Um, the Greek word, it's a long one. I won't get into it, but it literally means this. And you might have seen yourself do this. I don't care what they say. Whatever. That's what it means. It's a murmuring. It's the, the voice, the low voice. Not out loud. It's uh, almost like secret voices you have. <laughs> Serious. Yeah. Honey, can you turn that down? Well, you can't hear anymore. That's murmuring. Are you guys listening to me? We're not talking about anybody in our church. Those people out there, they're just mean. It's the, that's, that's exact, the, the word in the Greek language complaining is that. It's And people that have familiarity or they're operating in offense, they're great complainers. As a matter of fact, when we leave this church, they're going to start complaining. I'm telling you right now, it's, it's in their heart. See, the thing, this is what religion does. It creates a deception that you're more religious through complaining than follow biblical principle. And you can, you can tell a person's heart, and I'm talking about heart because that's what Jesus said in connection with religion. Once they start doing this, it shows where they are truly with a relationship with Jesus. Because I can tell you right now, you ain't going to do that in front of Jesus. No way in the world you are. No. So why would you think you're spiritual or mature doing it outside? I'm just throwing it out for thought for the live stream, okay? That's all I'm saying. Because again, remember I said you can't hide. You can't hide those type of feelings. So what do we do? Fix it? It's not difficult. Remember, everything you do in life, it's here. Everything right here. Everything right here. And if you all thinking negative, negative, that's all you're going to produce. We want to change that. That's what renewing the mind's about. Let's change it. Amen? It's so important. But it, it's like, I remember early on, remember the wow factor of my new walk? I remember going to, they were talking about having a Bible study. And I went to this Bible study, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm a newer guy there. These are a bunch of younger people, different, you know, different than my group. And I thought, you know, they're having a Bible study. I forgot what, when it was, but I went to one of their Bible studies. So we got around. We had our Bibles open. I'm like, I'm like going, this is awesome. I was like that all the time. This is awesome, just like I am now. I mean, this is great. Let's get together. Let's do this thing. So I'm in there, and, and, and they open, the, and they start reading the Bible and everything, and then all of a sudden, they turned the page to another page that said, let's start talking about all the negative things in church. 
and just started ripping on, you know, the, the youth pastor. Did you see him? And, and just started trashing. And, I, you know, I'm still, you know, young 20s now. And I'm new. And it just, it was like, it, are they doing this? Because they're more mature than I am. So they just, it just instantly went from Bible study to let's speak negative. I, heard, I, I remember this statement. I heard the pastor got a brand new house. Yeah. Do you guys hear that too? And I'm thinking, Brandon, what's wrong getting a new house? I mean, I would want a new house. You should see where I live. I'm thinking this in my head. What's all of a sudden this is a negative thing? And, and so they go through this whole process and then, you know, then someone will read a scripture and then, and it's just, they're not, they're majoring on negatives over that, what we even gather together. So I left with, I felt dirty. And I went back the second time thinking, maybe it was an off night. So I went back the second thing, they did the same exact thing. I swear this is what happened. Praising God for the first 15 minutes, doing their own worship, opening the scripture, and then bam, right into this gossip and this division. And it was so ugly. And, but they packaged it so good because man, singing together and we're smiling and, you know, we love Jesus. Yes, we do. We love Jesus. How about you? From my basketball days, listen to cheerleaders. All right. So <laughs> the point is, is this is happening and then straight into ugly. And I just, that was the last time I ever, ever, ever went to that Bible study. It's interesting. Fast forward to years later, I go to a pastor's Bible study. Oh, you got the picture already. I go to the pastor's Bible study, and I swear the whole time was political, negative speech, ugly. And I gave that a shot a few times because my pastor, I was a youth pastor, wanted us to engage in relationship. And ultimately, after the third time, I'm going, I'm sorry. I talked to my pastor. I'm sorry. I cannot get around this. I don't know how you can. This is terrible. And he goes, well, just on the basis of relationship. And I go, okay, all right. I got wisdom operating. They don't believe in tongues. It's awesome. So I go, Next time, and in prayer time, oh, rabakalaka, I just threw out tongue. Man, you should have seen them backing up. They were freaking out. And guess what? I didn't have to go anymore. I was free, free, free. Use some God wisdom there. Oh, I threw out tongues on them all. It was awesome. And, and the, my pastor said, no, you don't need to go anymore. He kept going. He kept going. But he said, you don't need to go anymore. I go, thank you, Jesus and pastor. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy stuff. But we don't want to be complainers, right? Complainers, I'm going to tell you right now, complainers scripturally, this is in scripture, open the door to the enemy. If you complain, listen, you think you're being spiritual by pointing out, you know, the, the, your opinions or your anger or your offense towards, you're not, you're opening the door to the devil. You're not being spiritual. I don't care if you, you, you know, you, you'd seen your pastor of, of Wonder Church. 
you do that, you are opening the door to Diablo. Amen? So we don't want to do that, do we? Love life? No, we don't. Complainers will never, never going to make it in life. They'll never, they're not going to be successful. Number three, losing confidence. Losing confidence starts with speaking. First Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession. Everybody say good confession. Say it again. Say it again. Okay, now I want you to pay attention to the language because it said we make a good confession. Now, how can my confession be tied to the picture of good? Now we can say any confession I make that I agree with is good, right? But that's not what it's talking about. The Greek word is homologeo, homologeo, and it literally means exactly this, say the same thing. Everybody say that. Say the same thing. Say it again. Say the same thing. 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you of all sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. What did he say? He said, if you repent and cry and beg God, did he say that? No, you'll never find that anywhere in scripture. Nowhere. He said, if you confess, homo legeo, say the same thing. All God is doing, any parent, good parent will do is, is they want their child to say, I blew it. I understand why I blew it. Say the same thing. That's all we want. I don't want Oh, good, I get to spank. Oh, good, I get to discipline. Oh, good, I get they're going to be in trouble. No parent, a good parent, no parent wants that. Though discipline is a part of that, right? There's discipline in the training of your child. But the key is, is what we want is we want them to learn. That I want my boys to learn. I want them to learn. I want them to know, to say the same thing. Not, not to have condemnation or guilt or anything, but to understand my heart is, is I want you to get why it was wrong and what is right. That's it. We're winners that way. That's what the Bible teaches us. So what it's saying is, is we win with a good confession and it's not our confession in our feeling or opinion. It's saying God's words confession. I believe what he says. So he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm going to say the same thing. Amen. I'm going to say the same thing. And that's pretty much what, what Paul's telling Timothy. Say the same thing. You made the good confession. And notice what it says. In the presence of many witnesses. Why? Because it's easy to say it in your closet, in the shower. But if you're serious about it, I don't care who hears. Are you hearing if you're serious about it, you don't care how many witnesses there are out there. I'm not afraid, ashamed to say that. I wasn't afraid or ashamed when I worked any job I worked at as a follower of Jesus. To talk, I wasn't afraid to talk about Jesus at all, ever. Never. I, I didn't know scriptures. I didn't have Bible memorized. I, I just knew, talk about, man, what God is doing in my life. That's what I would do. Consistently do that. It's later on when I went, you know, I Bible college and everything where I started getting a little influenced in the wrong way. But I broke free. I broke free. I don't go out and witness with scripture at all. I don't go in and talk about Jesus with scripture at all. I never throw Bible stuff into an unbeliever because they cannot understand it. It's only spiritually discerned. 
Their eyes are closed to the truth. Throwing Bible stuff that ain't going to do anything. Man, just say, you want a better life? You want eternal life? You want to live forever with me and God? Maybe not me, but God? Then all you have to do is call Jesus. Call on him right now. That's so easy. Oh, you're not having them repent and believe that he rose on the third day. Dude, you are so religious. That is so ridiculous. Why? Because all that instruction and teaching, you're trying to tell me you have to know that first before you get saved? No. Jesus! Salvation comes. Then understanding the other stuff. Amen? But you got to be taught. This is simple stuff, isn't it? Easy peasy. So we, we look at this, we say, okay, we have to have the good confession, say the same thing, and that's exactly what God says. Hebrews 13, 15 says this, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips that confess his name. Do not ever forget to do good and share with others or with the sacrifice, God is well pleased. In other words, we're up or down, we got to talk about his goodness. We're up or down, we got to say how awesome he is. Listen, it's not his fault I'm down. But if I'm down and can't talk, I'm going to ultimately blame him. I'm, this is helpful. This will help you. Last one, number four, just dang tired. Tired. Did you know, and I'm sure a lot of you do, that when you don't get enough sleep, I know you're pressing in and you're being a good, now let me talk about lack of sleep, all right? When you're cutting your sleep and doing it on a consistent basis, do not go extremely crazy with me, all right? Because I know like if, you had a, if you're a new mom and had a new baby, you losing sleep. Are you trying to get as much as you possibly can? Taking like three-hour naps. Either way, there are times when you're going to lose sleep. I'm talking about you're consistent and not getting sleep. Let me show you what happens. Open the door for heart diseases, heart issues, high blood pressure, stroke, diabetes. It ages skin. You get weight gain. It feeds depression. It also makes your thoughts forgetful. Anybody want to keep losing sleep? No, you don't, do you? So let's get our, let's get our healthy 12 hours, all right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just, I'm playing. Can you imagine that? Man, I haven't had that since I was in the crib. <laughs> I know some of you, you can pull a 12 with no problem. I know Daniel, my son can. Daniel can pull 12. He don't, he don't get it. But man, you give him that opportunity, he'll get 12 like that and wake up with no problems going, I slept 12. Actually prideful in sleeping 12. But the, you guys see what I'm saying? Now, let me show you the scripture and we'll end here. Matthew uh, 6, 31. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they have done and taught. Okay, think about this. They're pumped. They're excited. They're going, Jesus, we did this, and we did that, and we were all over the place. Man, it's so awesome. Jesus, you're awesome. Church is awesome. Everything's awesome. Now watch what Jesus says. Then 
because so many people were coming and going. So this is busy, 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 that they did not even have a chance to eat. So you got Jesus, disciples, okay? You got like the church staff, and they're doing everything. I'll put that analogy in here right now. We're all picking all the weeds, cleaning the church, doing everything. And then Jesus does what? He says this. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. Let's get some shut-eye. Let's get some rest. Notice what he did. He saw the busyness. He saw the place of being in a spiritual place where you're wanting to help anybody you can, doing everything you can. But ultimately, the Lord knows that you can get in a dangerous position without rest, without getting sleep. Are you hearing me? What we need to understand is, is being tired doesn't necessarily mean it's a positive or negative, but it means if we're consistently not getting rest, physically it's a negative, spiritually it's a negative. So let's turn these things around. Amen. Let's get the wow back. Start moving in this awesome thing. Father, we thank you for the word. Thank you for the revelation, the information, the knowledge of the Bible to impact and influence our lives in such a great way. And we do. We believe that every word that comes forth from this scripture has ability to transform and change our lives. So we receive the word of God with love and expectation, confident expectation that we will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Love you guys. See y'all. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.